this is the second week that we are studying the book of um, First Samuel, and I entitled today's message as Breaking Through the Silence, Lessons from Samuel's Personal Encounter with God. And the passage is in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, and 19 to 21. And uh, we are now in such difficult times these past years because of the COVID pandemic. All we wanted during this uh, holiday season is that we have a peaceful and happy Christmas and a better opportunity for survival in 2022. But the opposite has happened. In December, we have Typhoon, Odette devastating Visayas and Mindanao. Many houses were totally wiped out until now there are places where electricity has not yet been restored and internet, of course, will be the last in priority. And so it is very difficult time for the Philippines as we have faced, despite already uh, an, uh, the pandemic, a natural calamity. And so everyone simply wanted to enjoy time with family, with colleagues during the holidays. They again went back to celebrating, to having Christmas parties and uh, 2022 comes in with a severe surge of COVID-19 around the country. COVID, the big bad wolf, returns with a vengeance. And so these two major crises that our nation faces has brought about such a difficult feeling for all of us, sucking out all of our holiday cheer and uh, removing any hope for a better 2022. So with these unprecedented challenges that we face, the question now is as disciples, as followers of Jesus, how do we make sense of our faith and life amidst all the darkness surrounding us? I don't know about you. What was your Christmas and New Year like? How are you holding up so far? Are you still hopeful that there will be a breakthrough one way or another despite uh, crisis upon crisis keep happening? And so we have to understand that COVID-19 may be uh, the major trial in, during our lifetime, but suffering has always been a guarantee in the life whether Christians or non-Christians. Right? It seems like doomsday for us right now, but uh, people of different generations face different challenges. Uh, we may be facing personal heartaches, loss of loved ones, uh, losses in their business, uh, problems in our career, or we may be facing large-scale challenges like famine, poverty, war, calamity and disasters, and of course, COVID. There are personal challenges and large-scale challenges, and all of these are part of life on earth, this corrupted world. So to make sense of our present concerns, we must bank our identity, not on the circumstances around us, but instead, we must grasp fully who we are. And we can only grasp who we are if we understand whose we are. If we truly believe that we belong to God, being in Christ, then that must permeate through our thoughts, our words, and our responses. But it is easier said than done. 
So in our passage today, we see a woman fulfilling her promises to God despite a big sacrifice is needed, right? And it's very often true that when we make promises to God uh, that we will spend time in the word, that we will be uh, more cautious of our actions and relationships, that we end up not fulfilling our unworthy promises to God. But Hannah made a promise that if God gives him gives her a child, he will offer him to God's service. And so she did. Her only firstborn child that she has waited for long, long time. Now, after weaning him, he will be offering Samuel to serve God. And so we see here a typology of Jesus, the sacrifice of an only son. Right? Of course, Hannah will later probably have more children. But at this point in time, we have a glimpse of what it means. Like Abraham sacrificing Isaac, now we have Hannah sacrificing uh, Samuel. But later on, we know that God will sacrifice Jesus. We call this a typology, a type of Christ, but not yet. Just to help people have a grasp of what Christ will look like. So Samuel starts prophet training during this passage. So he was brought to the temple as a toddler to serve under Eli the priest at Shiloh. Shiloh was then the center of worship in Israel during the time of the judges. And so uh, Eli was a judge. No? And his, he was uh, getting also appointed his two sons to become judge. But the problem was they were corrupt. Now Samuel's call will mark a new era after the time the judges because it was Samuel who will anoint the king. And so the monarchy will arise during this time. Now, let me talk about the situation of Israel during that time. We know in the book of Judges that it is a very dark time because everyone did what was right in their own eyes. The people of Israel will worship idols, do wicked deeds, and then God will send enemies to attack them to punish them, and then they will repent and pray to God. And God will raise up a judge to rescue them. And then they will again fall into sin. So there's this cycle of sin that keeps repeating in the book of Judges. This is called the cycle of sin. Now, it may have seemed that spiritual streams have dried up for Israel because of the situation of uh, the people. And seemingly for us right now, because of the challenges we face one after another, whether in our health or in our career, business, in our spiritual life, ministry, right? The stress and isolation caused by the situation we face has direct impact in our lives and indirect impact to what we do. Yet it is nothing new in human history because as much as there was darkness and seeming silence from God during the time of the judges, so we face the same spiritual dryness or spiritual poverty. And so we see that in the situation that Israel faces now, even the house of Eli, the current leader of the nation, uh, the judge, there is corruption in the leadership. His children were evil, did evil in the eyes of God. And so we look at First uh, Samuel 3 verse 1, and this is, what the passage say. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. 
And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. And at the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim because he could not see, he was lying down in his own place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So scholars say that approximately Samuel was around 11 years old during this time already. So he had been with Eli a few years. And we see that Israel was experiencing unprecedented spiritual poverty during this time. Now there were no revelation or word from God, nor visions happening. And Eli's children, who was the successive leaders of Israel, were corrupt. And now he is old without a righteous successor. And so God gives Samuel his call and his first assignment at that young age. And it was a very complicated assignment because Samuel will be asked to pronounce judgment against the house of Eli, that they will be wiped out because of their sin and Eli not restraining his children, committing wickedness to the Lord. Now, are you spiritual? Uh, experiencing spiritual drought in your life right now? How are you coping with the spiritual state? Are you drifting away from the voice of God? Are you experiencing what we call a dark night of the soul? St. John of the Cross talks about a circumstance in our spiritual walk where we feel stuck, not able to get out of the rut or our uh, uh, spiritual distance from God. And we see it happen also in the Old Testament with Elijah when uh, he was being ch ch uh, chased after to be killed by Jezebel's men. Now running for his life, he went into the dark night of the soul. Right? And so he was later on restored when he heard the voice of God. So are you in a situation where you try and try and try and there's just no motivation or energy to seek God? Now, allow me to assure you that disciples of Jesus who are called by God, we can expect his personal involvement in our lives as we grow in the knowledge of God and his will and experience his promise and presence through his word. Let me repeat that idea. As disciples of Jesus called by God to make disciples, we can expect his personal involvement in our lives as we grow in the knowledge of God and his will and experience his presence and promise through his word. Now, let me share to you lessons from the call of Samuel. So let's begin with the first situation. And that situation is called a divine intervention. A divine intervention. So during uh, one of my first jobs, no, uh, I was under a good boss. And my boss, we were selling office equipment. He was not only kind, but he was generous in teaching, training me, and helping me get familiar with the work and what to do. But because uh, the pay was not as I needed, so I, was, uh, I shifted the work. And this, in this uh, second job that I had in an electronics company, 
it was the opposite situation. The superiors around me do not want to teach me anything. And it was really groping in the dark, not knowing what my job is or how can I contribute. And it was such a difficult situation during that time. And for the first six months, all I thought about was leaving and finding a different job. Okay, because uh, there were roadblocks everywhere. I cannot get the information I need. And uh, the people were not as friendly at the beginning. And so for six months, I wanted to really leave. Okay, every time I was praying to God, Lord, should I resign? Okay, so that's uh, uh, the situation of Samuel. He was given a very difficult assignment to pronounce judgment on Ella's household when he himself have not yet known God and his word. Right? And so we look at this passage in verse 4. It says that the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But he said, I did not call lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am. For you called me. But he said, I did not call you my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so we see this irony, ironic situation where Samuel was under the spiritual leader of the land in the center of worship and for several years he did not know God nor his word serving under Eli in the temple of God in Shiloh but the miracle of situ the situation is God gets involved and he breaks the silence right God himself speaks to Samuel and reveals himself and his will to this boy and starts him on prophet training. So the point is this, right? Because we are called of God, we can be assured that he will personally involve himself in our lives. We can be sure of that. He will not leave us groping in the dark or not knowing what is needed. He has provided us complete instructions in the manual of life, the word of God, the Bible. And he has given us also his Holy Spirit to guide us and illumine us to understand his word and his truth to accompany us through life in victory. Now, Bradley Kellum wrote about his friend who is a surfer who grew up in a beach in North Carolina. And this man surfed all his life. He's a very skilled surfer. He knows when the waves are good for surfing, he knows what equipments are needed to succeed and how to properly use them. Is such a skilled surfer. However, there's one thing his friend cannot do. Even he has been surfing so long, he cannot make a wave. He can only ride one. He cannot generate waves. He can only catch them when they come and ride it into the shore. And it's the same when we need breakthroughs in life, where we need divine intervention. We can't generate a breakthrough. We can only ride it when God sends us one. Now, a breakthrough is when God generates a wave and sends it your way, and you ride onto dry ground, a higher level of understanding God's will and his purpose. 
for your life. And so like breakthrough in the water, God wants to send waves into our lives. He wants to be personally involved in your life, not to leave you groping in the dark. Waves that will smash walls that have been built in front of you to create momentum in your life in a new and fresh direction from Him. You and I, we all need miracles. But rest assured, God is the God of miracles. So what we do is we seek God for waves of breakthroughs in our life that only He can send our way. And we watch the waves as they come in and we get ourselves ready. He promised that He will never leave us or forsake us. And so, as disciples of Jesus, let me remind you, as we are called by God, we can expect His personal involvement in your life and my life. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will not withhold good gifts for His children. So if you doubt God today that He cares on a personal level for you, then you, you may have missed out on the promises laid in Scripture that He truly loves and cares about your life, about how you live, about how you are. And if it is not enough, then Christ is the biggest statement of God's love. The cross is the wow of God's love. If you need a miracle today, a breakthrough to get you out of your darkness, your dark night of the soul, then there is nothing else to do but to humbly come and seek him for a personal wave of revival. Because as God has called you, he will involve himself personally in your life as like in Samuel's life. There was no way he could have known God in such a dark period where even the leaders of Israel you know, do, do things opposite of what God expects or wants. And yet God broke the silence to send Samuel into a wave of righteousness to do what God has called him to do. Seek that in your life. Uh, aside from divine intervention, we see from this passage what we call divine revelation. Right? Scripture is the revelation of God. What does it mean? Through the word of God, God reveals who he is to us and what his will is. Now, uh, George Truett said, to know the will of God is the greatest knowledge. To do the will of God is the greatest achievement. To know the will of God is the greatest knowledge. To do the will of God is the greatest achievement. And so we really need to know God and his will. However, Many people want to know the answers without doing the work, right? Why do we do that? Maybe we fear the consequences. We, so we want clear-cut answers, what to choose, how to decide, and what God wants so that we avoid the greatest damage. Or maybe we have a real desire to do what God wants. And that's our hope. But generally, it's because we want to lessen damage. We want uh, easy answers. You know, but the heart of God cannot be fully perceived and understand if we are void of an intimate personal walk with him. And we see this in the life of Christ. He is the example of what intimacy with the Father is all about. He only does what he sees the Father do. He says what the Father says. 
he models his life after the will and purpose of the Father in obedience. He was intimately connected with his Father. And so he models his disciples and he is our model even today to draw near to God so that he draws near to us. So Samuel, for Samuel, it marks the beginning of his personal walk with Yahweh. God broke through the silence and now Samuel needs to find God and understand God's will. And so in verse 8, it says, The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you sent me. And it is only then that Eli perceived the Lord. You know, if you see the word Lord in your Bible in all uh, uppercase letters, that means in the original language, it's Yahweh. However, in the culture of Israel, they don't say the name of God in out of reverence. So in translation, we just put all caps, Lord. But in the original language, it would have been written as Yahweh or the name of God, the God of Israel. And therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And in verse 10, and the Lord came and stood, calling us the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. Now in this passage, Eli finally understands that there was something supernatural happening to Samuel. And he finally teaches Samuel and points him to God. And, he te- and Samuel comes with a posture of humility and availability. Humility, he says, speak, Lord, your servant, right? A posture of humility, a posture of availability, hears, ready to listen. Samuel brought ears willing to hear and a heart willing to perceive what God wants to say. Now, story goes that a mother and a daughter were shopping on Father's Day, and the little boy pitched a fit in the store. He fell on the floor, kicked his mother, and as he begged him to get up, seeing that it is a teachable moment, right? The mother said, the other, the mother said, the, the, uh, the mother and daughter who were watching the little boy kick his uh, mom said, do you know what that boy needs? And so she was expecting her daughter said, she needs to be spanked or disciplined. But her daughter instead gave this coy answer. I think he needs a good mom or dad, a patient mom or dad. And that's true, right? We have a patient and loving father who loves us unconditionally, who sends his son Jesus for our sake, who provides us with all our needs, who does not withhold good things from his children. So is it, it is not a question is if we have a good parent or a good father in heaven. It is a question of our readiness and availability. Do we come to God with a posture of humility and a posture of availability, willing and ready to listen? As disciples of Jesus who are called by God, not only can we expect his personal involvement in our lives, but we also want to grow in the knowledge of God and his will. Today, if you have sorely neglected to seek God daily and allow his word to reveal God and God's will to saturate your life, 
then it is time for you to return to the Lord by restoring your relationship with Him through the study of His Word. Now, what fills your heart each waking moment? What fills your mind? What thoughts come in? How can you know Him and comprehend what His will is if you don't really pursue Christ and His priorities? Do you still read the Bible daily like reading a love letter from the Heavenly Father? Are you deeply passionate about obeying what God is teaching? Or has has become a dry routine? You just need to get through with it, even attending worship. Now, God is willing to reveal himself and his will to us. But how are we in terms of doing the work? Because again, the heart of God cannot be perceived unless we have an intimate walk with him that's the idea he is personally involved in our lives and we need to grow in the knowledge of god and his will and the final point is divine consecration right divine consecration so what is consecration it refers of an allocation of a certain resource for a specific purpose and no other purpose so it also is translated as being set apart which means if we are setting apart our lives, then we are fully devoted to listen and obey and follow what God calls us to do. Now, it is normal for us humankind to seek the benefits without wanting to pay any price. No, we like free things. And sometimes we get hooked into shopping because of the supposedly free, but it's always a sales pitch. We want good health without exercising. That does not happen. We want recreation without going through hard work. We will become poor. We want pleasure without that commitment. And so that's the problem. We are not willing to pay the price. But consecration requires us to be committed. Because as disciples of Christ, we have to jump into the boat first before we can launch out into sea. We are to commit ourselves to know, love, and serve God. And then we can experience the perfection of his grace as he works out his promises and as we experience his abiding presence. So Samuel made himself available at a young age and God was with him until the old age. What he achieved then was not because he was great, but because of who he is. He was a servant of the great God, Yahweh. In verse 19, it says that Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground, meaning God made sure that all the prophecies Samuel spoke from God happened as they are. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. So he was a national phenomenon. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. So there is a restoration of spiritual, uh, seeking spiritual things again. The Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Now we know that the work of the prophet is to proclaim the message of God, to proclaim the heart of God to the people, where there is foretelling, but mostly it's foretelling what God wants. So in the Old Testament, how do you determine a true and a false prophet? Simply 
if what they say happens or does not happen. If it does not happen, then they are considered as false prophet. But the Lord made sure that as Samuel committed himself to follow and obey God, none of his words fall to the ground. God's presence was also reestablished in Shiloh as Samuel obeyed God. The Lord revealed himself to Samuel by his word. And so let's go back to my work story. And I had a difficult time for six months wanting to leave the job because of the many hindrances and the rejection and the persecution I experienced at work. But the Lord helped me to rethink my priorities, to seek him again, to seek counsel, and to continue to desire to be a witness. So I stayed at work. And, you know, despite I was not able to achieve much then, I just held on to God who promised me that he would be with me. And God opened unimaginable doors, whether it was work or ministry in the workplace. God just opened one door after another. No? Uh, I got the opportunity to understand my work better. I got promoted. I was able to do a great job in rebuilding a brand. Uh, and uh, at the same time, I was able to start ministries in the office with the permission of the boss. And uh, through that time also, God reassured me that he's calling me to full-time ministry. And so if I left during that six months, then I would not have experienced the grace of God. Now, things have not been always good in life. There will be times of trouble, doubt, and trial. But God's promise and presence will always be our comfort, will always provide us with the needed grace and strength so that we live one day at a time under the rule of God. Because as disciples of Jesus, called of God, we can expect that he will personally involve himself in our lives as we grow in the knowledge of God and his will and as we experience his promise and his presence through his will. Again, he's personally involved in your life because he called you, right? You are to grow in the knowledge of his will and you can be assured that his promises will happen and his presence you will experience as you spend time in the word of God. So that's why today I would like to leave you with one word for application. And I'd like to give you the word abide. Abide. And think through what the word abide means. And so in John 15, uh, as Jesus approached the uh, almost, you know, uh, being arrested and crucified, he shared his words to his disciples in preparation for his departure. He said, abide in verse 4, John 15 verse 4, abide in me and I in you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Right? We are to stay connected as branches to the vine that's abiding. Stay connected. Stay close. Right? Because if you detach and disconnect, then you will no longer be able to bear fruit. 
In verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay? If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep these commandments, you will abide in my love just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things I have spoken to you, that your joy, my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. And so we can experience unprecedented, complete joy in the Lord if we abide in him, stay connected to him, abide in his word, you know, stay close to learning from his word in humility, listening, abide in his love, you know, stay connected in a loving relationship with God. We need to learn what it truly means to abide so that we overcome difficulties and challenges as we stay close to our God. So what does it mean for you to stay close to God, stay under his, the protection of his love? I remember uh, a parenting lesson by David Boltrip. He said that children need to understand that obedience is not just following the rules, or being the orders of what your parents want, it is actually staying in the protective care of your parents who loves you, right? Because they know what is best for you. Thus, it is important that children understand this concept from age one to six, that they obey because they want to stay in the protection and care of their parents who love them and knows what is best for them. And so it is with our God. We as his children, we Abide in his love. Abide in his word. Stay connected with him in a vital, intimate, loving relationship by spending time reading his inspired word regularly. Engaging God in a loving conversation between father and child, drawing close to him and obeying him. Because as disciples of Jesus, we are called by God to make disciples of all nations you can expect his personal involvement in your life. He wants you to grow in his knowledge of who he is and what his will is. And he wants you to experience his promises come true and his presence more and more in your life through his word. But will you humble yourself and make yourself available to be instructed in his word. The word of God is profet uh, profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness to equip you in every good work. Brothers and sisters, if you are in a dark moment in your life right now, God wants to be involved in your life. But will you let him? He wants you to grow in the knowledge of his purposes and his will. But will you spend time staying in the vine to abide in him? 
so that you can experience his promises and presence as you saturate your life daily through his word. Yes, Samuel was called to be a servant of God. We are called to be a child and ambassadors for Christ. And so in the same way, God is there and his presence is sure. His love is faithful and we can hang on to his promises. Let us pray. I'd like to give you a moment to just pour out the cries of your heart to God right now and ask him to send you a wave of a breakthrough that you darling need. And that you will carry a posture of humility and availability before him so that he can draw you near to himself. If this is what you desire, you know, speak to the Lord and he promise to answer to those who call upon his name. Heavenly Father, we are in such difficult circumstances in our lives at present. Families are sick. Businesses and work productivity is low. Our schooling is affected. Our society is affected. There's just so much uncertainty surrounding us. And Lord, this is a time also where we need a fresh encounter with you all the more. We pray that we will, you will open our eyes to see how you are involving yourselves, yourself in our lives personally. We give us the motivation to abide in your truth, to abide in your love, to stay connected to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to see how you're fulfilling your promises and being present with us instead of seeing all the problems and difficult circumstances where we have no control. Lord, we pray for revival in our lives, revival in our church, revival in our nation. Allow COVID-19 to be an instrument of life transformation for millions of people in our country and around the world. This is our prayer. We will draw near to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a blessed Sunday, brothers and sisters in Christ.